It's time for the Flagler Radio Business Report, a 30-minute roundtable discussion with local businesses. And now, your host, Kirk Keller. Good morning and welcome to the Business Report. I'm your host, Kirk Keller. My guest this morning is Katie Linhart. Good morning. You're with the Flagler County Elections Office. That is correct. Are you looking forward to 2024? I actually am. Yeah, I live for this. It's what we do. So tell us the different elections we have coming up, starting with primaries and all the other fun stuff well the fun starts in march uh that's when florida's having a statewide presidential preference primary so that's how a presidential election starts basically all the states nominate their republican and their democratic candidate for president and then those political parties at their national conventions in the summer they take all of that information and all those votes and they they decide who the actual nominee for the parties will be. But all the states have input and ours is in March. So in March, if I'm registered as independent, I don't get a, to a ballot. Is that correct? That is the most important thing you will say on the show probably because we have a lot of new residents, a lot of people from states that have open primaries. But Florida is a closed primary state. I'll say it again. It's well, a closed primary state. And that's why I'm asking that. As, <laughs> yeah. as you all know, I moved here from Missouri. And right. I've always been independent, independent, independent because mm-hmm. I was always vote, told by my mom and dad, vote for the man, don't vote, vote, the, vote for the party. Right. And then my first time I ever got to a primary, I'm like, hey, I didn't get a card. I'm sure I bugged you. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did. And that happens. Yeah. So, right. So you'll have to pick. Well, in this primary, actually, we just got the ballot certification from the state yesterday. And uh, that is going to be a closed Republican primary only. There was only one Democratic uh, nominee for the state of Florida. So that means they automatically go forward? Uh, Basically, yeah. Okay. Uh So that just means basically that the Democratic Party of Florida put all their cards on the current incumbent president, Joe Biden. So that that was their nominee for Florida. And then uh, the Republican Party, there's several names. So we'll we'll have a choice there. But if you're not registered Republican, you won't get a ballot unless that you live in the city of Flagler Beach. And uh, you'll be having an election in Flagler Beach for your city commission and mayor. Okay. And, of course, that's where I live. So I yeah. will I will get a chance to vote in March for the city commission. That's correct. And mayor is up too. Uh-huh. Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I know we were just talking about that in the hallway that there was some question about the mayorship, how it is. But And it, we want to make this very clear. It's a weak mayorship. doesn't mean that Susie's weak. That's just how the process works in Flagler Beach, that she gets to vote only if it's a tiebreaker. Right. And some – you know, some – cities are set up that way every city is a little bit different i mean they all have their own city charter they make their own rules basically for the for the organization and the function of their government and the city of palm coast is different city of Benel is different they're all a little bit different well in the state of florida there's only two cities that actually have a strong mayor which means the mayor gets to be involved in the hiring and firing of personnel where here mayors don't get to be involved at all in any administrator at all they just vote like everybody else but in i think it's Benel and flagla beach they're tiebreaker votes only and I think there's been a lot of confusion, and, and we've talked about this before on the show, that a lot of people from up north move here. Up north, most of those cities up north are a strong mayorship. Yeah, it's just not as common in Florida. We just we do, we do things different down here, I guess you could say. Maybe we do things right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so what should we be looking for? What's on the ballot that we need to be prepared for and steady for? Okay, so aside from the election in March, I think we covered that pretty well, um, and then we'll move into our local election season. So that primary for our local offices, also some statewide and some federal offices, if there are some uh, with some some opposition there, uh, that will be in August. And that is probably the most important election of the year, in my opinion, because those candidates on that ballot, if they don't make it through the election in August, then they will not be on the November ballot. So if you have a favorite candidate and um, you're really supporting that candidate, 
you know, that's that's the time where if it's a partisan office, see, people get confused about this, too. And it's it is a bit confusing. I'll, I'll give you that. Kind of give us a rundown. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit. It's kind of it's almost hard to explain, sort of. But OK, so partisan offices, those are uh, Republican or Democrat offices. So you have to run with your party. OK, for example, constitutional officers like the sheriff, myself, um, tax collector, property appraiser. And uh, clerk of court, we're all partisan offices. Also, um, county commission, partisan offices. But then you get to something like school board. Um, and historically, school board has been nonpartisan. Uh, also, judicial offices are, are uh, nonpartisan. So when you get to a primary, if you don't have a party affiliation, sometimes you're confused or just surprised by the ballot that you receive. It doesn't have all the candidates that you were expecting to see. And that's because in a primary, again, Florida's a closed primary state. So uh, it's important. And you don't have to, you know, pledge your allegiance to a political party for your lifetime. People, you know, they change their party quite often. Politicians change their party all the time. Right. So you might uh, support, you know, a, a certain candidate of a party for this election, and then you might want to change it. People do that. So that being said, you know, I'm registered independent. I always have been. Should I change to a different – should I change to a party so I can have that vote in March? If you feel strongly about a Republican candidate, then that's the decision you have to make. Yeah, if you want to vote in that – you know, for a candidate that's going to be on the ballot, then that would that be the way to do it. Would you like to see Florida open it up to where an independent can vote either a Democrat or or a Republican or independent or or some other kind of green party? I think. Yeah, we've called. had that. We've had libertarians. Yeah, that's, that's one libertarians. of the words I'm working. Yeah, on. yeah, that that happened in sixteen twenty sixteen. Um, in my personal opinion, I think it would. I think our turnout would be better in a primary if it were open to all parties, and it. To me, the turnout is what's most important because if you have an engaged electorate that are making the decisions for who's representing them, we have a stronger community. You've done a great job on getting the turnout because uh, you do put it out there way in advance. Right. This is your last day to do this. This is your last week to do this. Yeah. You need to well, you know, people are busy. You know, it's easy to miss the deadline. You know, if you're not really paying attention, it's like, oh, man, I needed to register. Oh, I should have changed my party. When's the last day to do that? That's today. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we tell businesses that all the time, that advertising is like telling your kids to take out the trash. Right. You, gotta, <laughs> you have children. You know what I'm yes. talking about. And it's like you got to tell them over and over again to get mm-hmm. it done because we do have other things going on. Right. And I understand. I'm busy. I get it. You know, I miss other things that, you know, normal people probably wouldn't. But, you know, it's just life. And so we try to get the word out there and especially about the primary elections. I can't I can't even really um, emphasize that enough that in some some races are decided in the primary, too. So there's only our turnout is usually around 30. We finally did hit 30 percent. It's usually lower than that. And I I was excited about 30 percent, which is actually really terrible. It's only one in three people cared. But I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, that's not a really... That's not a great turnout to be proud of, but so, you know it's still better than the past. So I'm, I'm hoping for 35, 40 percent this year. Why do you we'll think see. people don't get out and vote like they sh- used to? Like they used to. Hmm. I mean, and I can remember I, Carthage, Missouri, young man, 16 years old. I'm at the courthouse. I'm a reporter for the radio station, and the town is basically shut down until the polls are closed. Mm-hmm. Is that? The best way to get everybody to get out and vote is to shut down everything? Well, I don't know. I mean, I see uh, a trend of people the, – the, really, I've seen a decline of turnout on Election Day. And it seems like people like the convenience because of everyone's busy schedule to have early voting or to vote by mail. I mean, there's a lot of people who just really want to vote by mail. Which we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. But, yeah, so, and a lot of people will still vote on Election Day, though. That's their thing. They're very traditional. Election Day, like you said, the city shuts down. It's not a national holiday. And if it were, maybe the turnout would be better. Mm-hmm. What do you think people don't vote? 
Why do I think people don't vote? I mean, I see all kinds of little things on blogs and comments <laughs> on on Facebook and everything about uh, your vote doesn't count. It does, it's all rigged, you know. Yeah, so I see this that. stuff, but there's some of that. I think misinformation uh, does have a lot to do with it. I think also um, people just aren't engaged. Like they're not really paying attention to what's happening in their community. Like what decisions are being made. I think in our in our community, there's a lot of people that. Um, are more traditional in the fact that they really pay attention to, you know, um, the trend of growth, uh, development, you know, just different things, you know, like how many libraries we have or whatever their interests are. I think a lot of people are more um, inclined to vote vote because of the interests that they have. And maybe they're, you know, some folks don't vote because I, I have a good friend of mine. He just doesn't care. He's like, I don't care. I'm not going to vote. I don't care who wins. I love my wife. I, I'd like to think that I've kind of changed her thinking since we've been married for over 20 years now. But but when I first met her, you know, here she is, I don't know, 28, 29, I don't know, don't kill me, Heather. But you're some, she was somewhere in there, and she had never voted. She had never registered to vote. She didn't care to vote. She didn't her, care, right? Is her, that, was her, that her, her excuse? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she didn't think it mattered. She didn't think right. the one vote mattered. Her parents were basically the same way. They weren't really voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, her dad was a registered voter, but he only went and voted every once in a while. You know, he worked hard. Um, he had three kids to raise, and he didn't have time to take off to go vote. And that was way before mail-in ballots and, and uh, right. early voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of mail-in ballots myself because I, I can see how that can be hacked into. I mean, just like the other day, I got a check in the mail that was uh, dated November 8th, and I got it on December 12th. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a big fan of the mail-in thing, but I do like the early voting. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of explain that, how that works, and when's that going to start? Okay, early voting uh, for this upcoming election. Let's see. And we'll it's, have in, a- it's in-person early voting, people. I just want to make that very yeah, clear. Yeah, right. So it's just like election day. You walk in and vote. You show your ID. You get your ballot. It's just like election day. But we do it for a week or two weeks before the election. So in March, we'll have uh, eight days prior to the election. Um, again, in August, the same eight days prior and you you guys are going to – everyone in the county is going to get a sample ballot in the mail. I mean, you won't be able to miss early voting. If you miss early voting, you have not looked at the paper, got looked in your mailbox, or turned on the radio, you know, for three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how you'll miss it. But anyway, um, and then in, in November – actually, it begins in October. We'll have 13 days consecutive. So it's like two weeks of early voting. Okay. It makes it, con- it makes it convenient. People like it. Um, but voting by mail, you know, Florida has been a no-excuse no absentee state for over 20 years. And I know that there there was a lot of question about it in the 2020 election. That's because during COVID and all of that, you know, some states rushed to implement new laws to require vote by mail in states that have never done it before. And so there was a lot of problem with it, honestly. And I won't name the states because I'm going to offend half the county that moved from there. But <laughs> <laughs> there was some issues, you know. But in Florida, I feel like we really have um, – we've already had our election reform in 2000, uh, you know, the hanging chad. And that whole debacle. and it was, I remember all that. Yeah, of course. It was national news. Who missed it, right? And there's a whole movie about it. Um, so, I mean, we've had our election reform. And since then, you know, I, I think that there's been a lot of uh, a lot of good legislation passed that have really tightened up the security of elections, um, even, you know, recently, to, uh, to make sure that vote-by-mail ballots are verified. Uh, we check the signatures on them. If they're late, they don't count. I mean, there's lots – There's I mean, every single person that votes by mail has to show their ID as well. So it's just not – like, you know, you can make up a fake name and have a ballot mailed to your house. So what do you mean by that? Uh, they have to show their ID? They're mailing it in. Are you saying when they pick up the ballots, they have to show their ID to get the, the official ballot to mail in? Yeah, well, if they come to the counter and they want to pick up a ballot, we, re- we re- require the ID. Okay. But let's say they voted. That I did not realize. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't let anybody have anything. 
if they come to the, you can't even get your voter card without your ID. You know, right. I mean, the re- ID is required for everything. But if they have registered by mail, let's say you send in your, you just moved here, you send in your application by mail, or if you register, um, you know, at the DMV, and sometimes at the, well, through the DMV is a little bit different because you have been verified. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to show all kinds of different types of um, identification in order to get your license. But if you register by mail and you've never, we've never seen your ID and you've never voted in person, you're required to send in a copy and uh, sign an affidavit before you're able to vote. And if we don't receive your ID and you don't complete that affidavit, we don't count those ballots. You know, that is something, I guess I've never asked you that before. I yeah. didn't realize that. I thought you just showed up at your office and say, I'm going to be in out of town during these dates and I need a ballot. And you just handed it to somebody. So that's why I guess I was one per sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost offensive, Kirk. I don't know what you're saying I, I, right now. I'm, I'm supposed to be smarter than that. <laughs> that's I know, not what but, we do. <laughs> uh, I, I just never, I, I never put the thought process to it. Right. I'm one of those guys that I was brought up in a very patriotic mm-hmm. military state trooper type family. Right. And we always voted on election day. We yes. got up early to go vote on election day or right. we, we left work a tad early so we could vote by seven o'clock at night. I yeah, mean, and it was a family tradition for for years and years. Exactly, That's, right? Th- you're exactly right. It was a family mm-hmm. tr- tradition. We all went. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember voting in in Texas and taking my entire family. The kids yes. sat out in the car in the freezing cold uh, weather one day, and I said, "I'll be right back." I went and voted, and Heather went inside, and I stayed with the, in the car with the kids, and she went in and voted, and you know, so my children. We're very familiar with the voting process and how proud we are to vote. Right. And I'm one of those goofballs that I want a sticker on my vest or on my sweater or whatever. <laughs> that's, so, that's fine. Adults love stickers too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 sometimes I think it's funny, but, you know, I do. I'm, I, you and I are friends on Facebook. but Right. So you see me always posting that I just voted. Yes. Yeah. And people love that. You know, we've seen a lot more of that. We have a selfie station at the office for people that they come in to vote and they can take a picture, take a selfie there with the wall. And, you know, it's uh, it's – it's great. I love to see that enthusiasm, you know, about voting because it's important. I mean, there's elections have consequences. I hear that a lot. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And uh, especially for the primary. I mean, there's uh, there's not enough that can be said for people to just make sure that you're ready. Research your candidates. Educate yourself. You know, become involved. And it seems like people – you were asked me before, what? why don't pe- some people vote? Maybe not until you get your tax bill and you realize, oh, my God <laughs> – if you've never owned a home before, right, or whatever it is, until life smacks you in the face and something happens to you that sparks an interest that, you know, that you need to make, you want to see a change or you want to be involved in something that's good, for example, you know, that could be anything. So, All right. We're with Katie Linhart today on the Business Report. We're going to take a fast commercial break. When we come back, we're going to find out more about the voting process, what's good, what's bad. This is the Business Report. We'll be right back. Um, really blessed to have the opportunity to work with uh, their internship program. I wish when I was going through high school here in Flagler that I had the opportunity to be able to work for a tech company locally and be able to get the, that experience. You know, I'm definitely excited to be more of a part of Coastal Cloud and the community. Good morning and welcome to the Business Report. My guest this morning is Katie Linhart with the Flagler County Elections Office, and we're finding out more about elections. She's even educated me this morning. Not that kind of sounded condescending on my on my behalf, but there's a lot of things that, you know, especially me, for instance, I've lived in Missouri, I've lived in Texas, um, and now I'm here in Florida. And the election laws and election procedure changes from state to state, county to county, and even city to city. Uh, you know, we have a lot of 
them about being Yankees. We've had a lot of Yankees move here from up north. They're down here, and the laws and the way things work up north are totally different than the work here. You know, at the beginning of the show, we talked about the weak mayorship versus the strong mayorship. Up north, it's strong mayorships mostly. In Florida, there's only two cities in the in the state of Florida that have strong mayorships: Benel, Palm Coast, and uh, Flagler Beach. They're all weak mayorships, and a lot of people are very confused about that. So I'm very glad to see that. The Flagler Beach Commission just this last week brought that up, and they're addressing that and maybe ch- changing that or figuring out a way to do that. So that's good. Um, I, I, Dr. Joe Saviak and I did a show on that, so maybe they heard my show and they're making some changes. <laughs> maybe so. So we have a we have several elections coming up in 2024. What are some things on the ballot that we need to be aware of? Because I do want our listeners to educate themselves not just about the politicians, but about some of the different amendments or laws that might get passed right so the amendments are still kind of in the works i think there's one that's going to be a property assessment um like an exemption for a certain group that always seems to happen and that's a legislative initiative that's something that the legislature will pass and put on the ballot they have direct um ballot position in in order to do that it has to be a majority of the legislature is complicated does that mean taxes may go up or may go down no it's an assessment that people can apply for Uh, i'm sorry an exemption they can apply for um so it's they usually can save a certain, money. They can save money, right. And it's usually a certain group. Like there's one for seniors. There's ones for like um, first responders and military that's um, on I – don't I don't even know them all. But there's military. There's first responders. There's seniors. There's all uh, probably 100 different exemptions. You can call the property appraiser and ask if you're, if you're eligible for any of them. Uh, but that, that's direct power from the legislature to put something on the ballot. And then there's another way, which is called a citizen's initiative, and that's where you see people collecting petitions for certain things. There was a couple that were circulating about um, abortion rights. There was another one um, for recreational marijuana use. There was a couple other um, petitions going around. I don't know that any of them have gotten enough signatures yet. Uh, we haven't. There's that, all of that's still in process at this point. The deadline is not until next year early next year before the March election, but we don't have anything solid for that yet. So by February 10th, we... Yeah, I think probably by Mm mid-February. And we can find all that information from your website or links to your website? Right. So all this information and information about candidates too, which um, we'll get into probably talking about where you can get some good information about candidates, but a good place to start is the elections office website. It's flaglerelections.gov. Um, you can use .com. It works, too, but it's flaglerelections.gov. Um, if you search in Flagler Elections in Google or where, whatever search engine that you have on your phone or computer, it'll bring it right up. You know, last week we had Dr. Joe Saviak on the show talking about elections and research and bonafide this and bonafide that because with the Internet, there's so many opinion pieces out there, mm-hmm. not real journalism as far as I'm concerned. When I go to your website, I see actual bios, or am I reading opinion pieces from somebody else? No, those are bios written by the candidates, um, and I review them. My staff reviews them first, but if there's something questionable, it comes to me. Um, we don't allow any type of offensive language or you know bashing of other opponent candidates or anything like that on the uh, on the website. It's not it's not a place for it. This is the bios on the elections office website should be qualifications for the for the position, you know, any past experience, so, that kind of thing, just a bio. Do you fact check anything? So like for instance, if I was if I was running for election and I said that I beat Arnold Schwarzenegger out for Mr. Universe in nineteen eighty two, do you fact check all that stuff? <laughs> you know, I, I do not have time. But also <laughs> first of all I wouldn't would never have time for that. But secondly I wouldn't this not uh, I don't have the authority to do that. 
okay. um, under or under Florida statute, under Florida law. A lot of people expect me to do that, and I get some opinions from people sometimes that, you know, we should do background checks. We should do criminal background checks. You know, we should research their financial disclosures, make sure that money's in the bank or whatever. You know what I mean? Or right. their investments are, are what they say they are. Um, and I just don't do not have authority under statute to do that. In fact, if I did, it would be inappropriate, and um, I would probably lose my job. Do we know where we can go to, to fact check and make sure it's righteous? Um, well, it really depends on what you're asking or what, what type of fact you want to check. I mean, if somebody says they have a degree from some kind of university, there's ways to find out, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, and unfortunately, there's no magical database with all this information that makes it easy for a voter. I can't remember what candidate it was, but they were running for an office. They finally backed out or pulled out um, because they come to find out they had a criminal background. And I found out that the city doesn't do criminal background checks some cities do some do i know there's a city in uh south florida and the name escapes me right now i think it's miramar actually somewhere down south um near miami but they do um they do criminal background checks and it's something that the cities could require if they put it in their charter or they could even maybe pass it by ordinance i think i'm not sure how that would work that's city government don't mean to put you on the spot but would you be for back uh, criminal background checks for candidates that's running in Figo county uh, as a voter, I think that would be useful information. Um, I really can't say whether or not I, I, you know, I don't really have opinions of support on issues. I mean, that's something my First Amendment I gave up when I took this job. No, I, I, and I <laughs> understand that, but I, you know, just uh, to me, I was shocked that so many cities, so many counties, mm-hmm. even state offices, yeah, they there's, don't check. there's no back, criminal background not check. Not even for state office yes, or county office. Exactly. That's right. why I'm, I was really shocked about that because mm-hmm. I know some states do do that. And I'm not sure why Florida has not adopted. It's just, it's just a law that hasn't been passed yet. Right. No, I understand. Uh, I mean, like I said, I've been, I lived in Missouri, I've lived in Texas, and now I live in Florida. And every state, every city, every county is different. And I think that's where a lot of us voters get confused because, right. uh, you know, I remember when Mayor Alfin was running for office and all these opinions on Facebook were saying he's going to corrupt the city, he's going to corrupt the city, he's going to corrupt the city because he's a real estate agent. And I'm like, he can't corrupt the city. And then after I asked some people in town, I found out they didn't understand that Palm Coast is a weak mayorship. So that's why I wanted to make sure people were educated. Mm-hmm. Um well, that's a good public service that you've done that. I think there needs to be more of that because a lot of uh, misinformation is just – it's just because people don't understand the way things are done. And could it be improved? Sure. I mean if you want to see background checks, that's an, an initiative that you could take up with whatever county or city that you think it should be done. And people can do that. I mean citizens can get involved in their government. You can do that. Right. Well, Go to the uh, meetings, email your representatives, You know, make sure they know that you want that. I'll use Trump for a, a great example. You know. I always grew up thinking that to run for president, you had to turn over your tax returns. There is no rule that says you have to turn in your, your tax return. It's always just been a gracious thing for somebody to do. And Trump's the first president not to turn over his tax returns. But he made it very clear to the rest of us, I don't have to do this if I don't want to. So I, I think that was an eye-opener for a lot of people. That, yeah. uh, that uh, So what else do we need to look for on the ballots for 2024? Well, we'll have just about everything up for election. I mean, all the constitutional officers, there's going to be – Three county commissioners up for election. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Um, the city of Palm Coast will have some offices up. Uh, mayor's up in Palm Coast. Uh, let's see. What else? There's just special districts. We have so many CDDs now. These are uh, community development districts. They're basically a special taxing district um, in a community. So like Grand Haven, Hammock Dunes, and there's probably 13 of them now in our county. Um, and those have their own special elections. Not That's not special, but it's their own election within their within their community uh, for their board of directors, basically. 
Uh, we'll also have the Mosquito Control District, which, you know, it's on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I always think it's fun to, to watch the, uh, the folks that run for that run for office. It's like, what are you going to do to kill the mosquitoes better? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what kind of questions can you really ask? But, yeah, you know. I, I did not realize that was an elected position is, yeah. until a few years ago. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, other, um, other counties have very interesting special districts. There's sometimes, you know, like a water management district. There's fire management districts, all kinds of things. The soil and water conservation districts, we don't have those. But, yeah, so there's going to be a lot. Um, I think that the big focus for us here at the, at the elections office and as supervisor of elections me personally, is going to be trying to reach our new residents. We've had so many people move to Flagler uh, within the past. I mean, since the last presidential, mm-hmm. um, I ran some numbers. It's almost about uh, 16,000 people have moved here wow. since 2020. What's our average voter's age? Well, that is a good question. Um, I think once before average. you told me 61. I don't know. Years, I'd have to. Ago. I'd have to run. I mean, because we've had such an influx of uh, right. new residents, I'd have to run the numbers again. That's I know we're, I haven't looked at. I know we're an older county than most other counties in Florida. So I would, I'd really love to know that. Okay. So, Katie, as a Flagler County resident, what can we do to make your job easier? Well, we do have some open positions for persons who are interested in working with us at the polls. So, when you go to vote, you're greeted by someone there. They check your ID. They issue your ballot. They help you if you need help. Um, you know, either finding the ballot box or, hey, my pen ran out of ink or whatever it is, you know, uh, those those friendly folks in the polling places. If you're interested in becoming a poll worker and uh, working with us, we do have some positions available and you can apply online. As much as I am very patriotic and I love what your office does, I've never taken the time to volunteer to do that. And I, I would probably love to do that one of these days. OK, well, come on down. Well, we have training courses. Some of it's online now. That's something new that we're doing because uh, our in-person training, we do hands on training with the equipment. And it's a you know it's several weeks before the election. It's hard to remember everything, so mm-hmm. we've um, transitioned transitioned to a lot of online videos, so you can kind of watch it over again before election day. Uh, but if you're a new worker, you're required to work early voting, so we we don't just you know set you out on your own with <laughs> without any experience. So you have to work a day of at least one day of early voting to kind of get the hang of things and work with some people that are more seasoned that have been doing it longer, you know, and uh, at least have one day. So that that's good. And before we go, what's the rules for the politicians? How many feet away do can they oh, be? Oh, for campaigning? Yeah, campaigning. Yeah, it's, and it's not just the, the politicians. It's, their, it's volunteers. their cohorts in crime as well. Yes, they're volunteers. <laughs> yeah, we'll how, say that. <laughs> how close to the election poll can they be? Um, the, the rule is 150 feet, and that is the no solicitation area. Really, it's designed to make sure that people coming in to vote can get to the entrance. Because if we didn't have a no solicitation area, you, you can bet that every uh, – candidate and all of their 25 best friends would be standing right at the door and nobody would be able to get inside. And that's not just for a human bothering you at the, at the poll. That's also for signs being that close to the poll. Yep. No signage, no people. And um, we'll be, it's always strictly enforced Um, over the past several election cycles. We've had some repeat offenders, Um, but I make it really clear and I'll contact political parties. I'll go to their meetings and tell them all about it. So they know, what the rules are, and because uh, you know it's a lot for our for our workers outside to keep people out of that area. Right. And you know, honestly, when you tell someone to move, they don't like it. No, no, I get that. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Last question of the show: How do you feel about online voting? Online voting is something I would not, I would not support that, and that is something I will tell you about. Although I don't usually express my opinion, but you know, I, I wouldn't be able to verify. Um, I like I like to be able to see someone's face. We okay in Florida, we require a photo and signature ID. 
And um, and the other issue with that is online voting. Okay, so like it's not like your online banking where you can go in and check your balance and check everything, right? So we keep voter registration, personal records separate from tabulation. There's no way to do that in an online. We don't even have the technology or any type of something similar to uh, to make that even close to a reality where your vote is secret from your person. Like once you vote, I can't go into into the the ballot box and find your ballot. Right. There's no distinguishing information on that piece of paper that you voted in that box Let's to say, say this color. is this is Kirk's ballot. You right. know, once you vote, no one knows your ballot, and that's that's by design. It's in the Constitution. It's required. And I think I think that's fantastic, Katie. Okay. Once again, website. Oh, it's flaglerelections.gov. Go by and see her at any time. If you haven't registered to vote, we highly encourage you to register to vote. If you need to update your vote, such you moved, such I did not too long ago, I moved and had to put a new address down. Yep. Get that done because that usually means you're going to go someplace else to vote. Thanks for joining us this morning. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, by the way. Oh, thanks. Happy New Year. That's the business report this week. We'll see you next Saturday. <laughs>